I guess this is take two, right? <laughs> take two. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Chubby Hubby Podcast. My name is Ray. I'm Lisa. That is my wife. We're a, a married couple, and this is our podcast we do together about films. Now, Lisa has very different taste in films. So do I. There's movies I wouldn't ever watch, and there's movies that I watch that she probably wouldn't ever watch, but that's how we come together, and we enjoy films. So, some of these films that we're going to talk about, I mean, what's this podcast about? Just a review, I guess, in a way. We're not critics, by all means. But hopefully that you hear a review and, you know, give this movie a chance because it was really a good movie. There's a lot of movies out right now. Personally, uh, some of them, I think that... I don't think the acting's that good these days, honestly. But I have to say, for the year of 2018, The Green Book... I definitely watch it. I've watched it seven times. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm I'm different from Ray. When I like a movie, I know it's a good movie. What, what I'm mo- gonna watch it a lot. What films uh, you usually enjoy too? What's your go-to? Uh, I like heartfelt films. I like comedy and dramas. I like some crime movies. Um, rarely you watch me. You'll find me watching a scary movie, even though I do enjoy scary movies. I'm just the kind of chicken that watches them during the day. So hey, screw it. I'm I'm a fraidy cat. I'm not I'm not afraid to admit it, but I will watch them just during the day. Once the dark comes, I ain't having that on my TV. Ask Ray. I, he's he's pulled that on me a couple times where we're gonna start to watch a movie and <laughs> yeah. And I sit there because I refuse to go to another room and hear a scary movie and be by myself. So what? Some women share me, share my opinion. Some don't. Yeah, I don't really care. It's my opinion. But. <laughs> okay. But Relax. The, but the Cowgirl. Movie, um, the movie that we picked. Hang on. I'll, I'll together, get to that. Well, what about me? I, I We oh. heard of all about you, but I'm Sorry. still here. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I enjoy, uh, you know, something that has a strong meaning. No. I'm a sucker for like action flicks. I'm a sucker for Godzilla say, so films. Shit. No, yeah. no, but sometimes it's good to change it up. That's why I wanted to do this podcast because, uh, you know, I got to change it up. Sometimes you get tired of watching the green screen. That's what was so refreshing about this book. This, I mean, this movie, by the way, is the Green Book. We'll get into that. I'll give you all the details. But what was refreshing about this film, first of all, was that there was no superheroes. There was no capes. There was no graphics. There was none of that stuff. It was just a, a story that Nothing was... Nothing that wouldn't exist in the real world, okay? It was just a true story, and I just enjoyed it. It was re- very refreshing. Very good movie. So let me tell you who's in it real quick. I had it here. Give me one second. You know, I had this going, but we had some technical difficulties, so we had to do this all over. <laughs> Got the Green Bug 2018 film, PG-13. It's uh, under comedy drama. Which is, those are always good, right? Both are the things that I love. Well, that's dicey. You can't have too much. I think more drama is cool. But with the comedy, you don't want to ruin the whole film and have some cheesy-ass comedy, right? Yeah, you want to have ruin stuff the whole film. that's pertaining to real stuff. And this movie hit it. I liked it. A working-class Italian-American bouncer becomes a driver on African-American classical pianist on a tour of venues through the 1960s American South. And a gay, again, if you know, a gay... Uh, oh, not shit, Ray. Slow down. Again, if you know anything about history, right? The 60s were pretty racial. I'm not from the 60s. I'm 30 years old. Uh, Lisa, you're... Talking. Oh, wait, never ask a woman their yeah, age, right? Ne- don't ask me. But you're not from the 60s. We know that. No, but look, um, around this time, if you went around the South around the 60s, there was a lot, a lot of discriminations against blacks against Italians, against Mexicans, everybody, everybody of ethnicity. If you weren't right, ethnicity. Ethnicity. <laughs> you if you weren't right, if you weren't white, you weren't right. Let's just put it that way. And that's basically what it was. Nobody's going to say that because they don't want to say that. I'm going to say that because that's what it was. And um it was a different time. And I didn't agree with everything that was going on, but you know, hey, this was around what? This was 1962 that was the time set of this and um you got jfk who was in the office you know and president and crazy there was a times. lot of things that were going on back then man a lot of people were fighting for you know free rights and you know everybody's equal and all that stuff so it was really hard to for this to happen and go through the self i saw this in the trailers i, I forgot what film we we're watching movie theater right 
Right, right. I saw it's got Vigo Mortensen. Mortensen. He plays Tony Lip. Talks mm-hmm. like that. AKA Tony Villalonga. And he got um um Marashala, Marhir Shala Ali as Don Shirley. You got Linda Cordellini as Dolores Vallalonga and also comedian Sebastian Maniscalco and uh, other actors. But these are the main characters, you know. You got Vigo, Tony Lip, Ali as Don Shirley, and you got Linda, and so on and so forth. You got to love Vigo. When we saw the trailers in the theater, you know, I saw, I wasn't sure what it, what it was because I see here Vigo with a strong Italian accent, and I'm like, I don't know, man. But it stuck in my head, and eventually we gave it a chance, and turned out to be a damn good film not only that let's not forget that the young well the man who wrote this book was um tony's son nick nick Nick, vellalonga nick vellalonga and he even said himself that he was a little curious about picking um vigo vigo because he's european but then he thought hey marlon brando marlon brando was irish and he played italian he did a fabulous job marlon brando was actually no you're right yeah like he did a fabulous job in the godfather godfather so he gave vigo a shot and you know what he captured his character i mean he did a fabulous job and even nick said that he looked at him at one point and said that's my dad he he caught his character so i was like wow that's pretty awesome and when you watch the film you don't see vigo you see Tony, and that's awesome. Caught the character. Great thing. Great, great actor. So, um... Shall we get started? Let's get started. Go ahead. Okay, so the beginning of the movie starts off in a club. Coco something, some New York club, right? Big band. La Copa. Big, big band's popular at the time. You know, I, I don't see big bands around anymore, but that was Not a like thing that. back then. You got Smoke. It's the 60s, Right? Like, I wouldn't know, but I guess that's what the 60s are. Smoke, suits, good times, drinks. Women dressed up, men dressed up. Tough guys. And uh, Tony's very blue-collar, man. He's he's like, you know, the movie's the description. He's a bouncer. But right off the bat, he's he's a fucking tough bouncer. He beats the shit out of some dude in the first scene. Oh, yeah. Pretty violent, I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was definitely a guy who you know handled his business like hey you either behave or i'm gonna throw you out and that was awesome because you know i kind of wish they had that now you know everybody's a smart ass now you can't tell them something they're gonna sue the place there's a bunch of shit but back then you just got thrown out and that was it so um but yeah you know he's just he's an average guy Mm -hmm. right a tough guy tougher than the average guy i'd say he's got a family strong italian family like uh I know there's something that you want to talk about in the scene where there's two these two black fellas in the kitchen. I know we didn't write this down as notes, but you know we got time to kill. Yeah, but before I bring that up, Tony was also a guy who knew how to get connections. Hmm. There was a big time boss back then. Um, they called him Geo, and he was like a head of something. He had to been a mob boss. Tony, he had just talked to the lady at the coat check. Yeah, take care of this hat. My mom gave me this hat. Tony takes the hat. And then later on, the guy makes a big old stink after the fight and everything. Very very street smart. Oh, very street smart guy. He knew how to get connections, and he took the hat, and then afterwards, he takes it back to Gio. Gio's all like, I almost killed that broad for losing that hat. And then he was all like, nah, she didn't use it. She didn't lose it. And he was just all like, he wouldn't take his money, and he just said, well, from now on, you know, you call me Gio. You know, like, in other words, you're my friend. You're cool. Scratch my back, I'll scratch yeah, yours. Yeah, exactly. So that hat meant a lot to him. Take care of me, I'll take care of you. And that was a Where connection. Tony, Tony had the hat the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But he knew how to get connections, and I like that. He got on him. his good side. He did, he did. He knew how to read people, and that was that was cool. I thought that was cool anyway. Sure, um, uh, slowly, but I mean, uh, then how, how did the place close down? Oh, well, because oh, of the fight that broke No, I don't, I don't think it was because of the fight. I think it was being... Uh, it had nothing to do with it. It said under construction or something. Under construction, but I honestly think it was because the guy who got in a fight was a, was part of a, a mob boss thing. Because you remember Tony goes to a bar and he says some shit went down at the Copa. Right. And he offers him a position. Uh-huh. And he says, don't yeah. be stupid. Take the job. Right, right. I know, but when they're outside, they're putting up signs that say under construction. Well, yeah, you have to say something, right? 
Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, well, you mess uh, he's with, out. He's out of a job. You mess with a mob boss, and then you, lo- you lose another mob boss's ha- uh, hat. Not even just some guy, uh, probably a head. So, you you got to pay for it, and you pay for it. It's under construction. Two months, this guy's without a job, but the manager mm-hmm. of the place he knows Tony. So when you know this job of a driver opens up, he offers it to him, and you know Tony needs money, so he t- he goes for the interview and that's how the the movie kicks off basically how they how they first meet yeah they meet up at Car- Carnegie Carnegie Hall yeah Ain't, uh, Carnegie Hall it's Carnegie a r- Hall. real room up there <laughs> that has all these artifacts art pieces furniture i would love to go in that room and get drunk there's just beautiful antiques even in the movie like when you're looking at this place you're thinking wow these are like collector's items. They're really like beautiful. I was telling, uh, I was talking to you about it when we're watching the film. Like on movies, they're all it's all a set. Most mm-hmm. of the things, and even if it wasn't a set, if somebody owned that room, you know they would they would have to insure it, saying like if one of your actors for some reason breaks it or something, you're gonna have to pay or whatever. Like I just yeah. want to know if that's a real room or if that's just all props because that's a lot of well, props. Even if it was based on props. There had to have been stuff in that room. Very good, right? right? I love to have a room like that. So it's almost too much. That's a lot of dusting. In Doctor Shirley's real room, I'm sure, it was filled with beautiful, you know, artifacts. There were some tusks laying around. Nick Vellalonga was up there. He says it's a real room. He's been, he was up there a few times. Nick Vellalonga, uh, g- good podcast. That's how I got all these little side notes. I know that podcast it, with Joey was really uh, the church of what's happening good. now. That's our source. For these little side notes, so they they meet up for the first time, right? Right. And Doctor Shirley comes out in like an African poncho, like an African mumu looking kind of thing. It was like a robe. He also had some gold chains around his neck, and one of them had a tusk on it, like a little tooth. And of of course, Tony asks him, "Is that like a shark tooth, or what mm-hmm. is that?" Right away, Tony has a tough exterior. You could just see it by his, the way he talks. Like Doctor Shirley has the room. Doctor Shirley has questions, but Tony's got questions too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that brings me to the thing next. I think I was wondering why why did Doctor Shirley pick Tony? And it's obvious he was a man who didn't bullshit. Like there was no bullshit. Yeah, he can talk his way out of situations. Like he was. They called him like they call me the bullshitter. People could look at it in a bad way or you could look at it in a good way. I think the way to look at it is this guy can talk in, talk to somebody and make them understand in a way Well, you can either get off the hook or get with the program. You know what I mean? And that's what I think he loved about him, that this was a man who could handle himself and take care of him on the road. And let's face it, 1960s, the South, you need somebody who's going to have your back and know what they're doing. So I think that's why he hired Tony. And plus... A wonderful thing that we all forget about today that we need to remember is know your worth. Tony knew what he was worth. He told him what he wanted. I want 125 a week. I think he was only going to pay him 100 But Tony knew what he was getting into, and he set that bar. We need to do that, too. Like, when we're running interviews, you're going to be working your ass off. You set your pace. And that's what I love about that time, too, is back then... You could sell yourself on an interview because people wanted a hard worker. Today, it's all about looking at your credentials. Him him being married was an issue. It was an issue. Um, but I thought it was cute that even though it was an issue that Dr. Shirley calls his wife, or they call him early that morning to ask permission, because Tony gets the job. But just the fact that you have a man that's so charismatic to turn around and call the wife, I guess that that way his hands are clean. There's no misunderstandings. And he just wanted to hear it in her voice that, you know, it's okay. Well, you know, uh, I, from what I've seen in the mo- the film, it, it looks like uh, Dr. Shirley was a lonely guy. He didn't really have a family. He didn't have a family. No. He had his throne. He had his beautiful room, but he was lonely. So he would think, like, I can't imagine a guy who has a family is going to leave leave them for, was it two months? Yeah, about right. Yeah, eight weeks, two months. Yeah. The thing. Oh, so now that you mention his wife, you know, so he 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 calls him. He gets the job. He's got the job. It's gonna be a great pay. 
everything's seems to be uh, nice and tight. Yeah, it's a, you know, there's always a catch, you know, when you take a job. So he meets up with the producers or, or not the producers, what are they? The guys that are in charge of, you know, the music. Like the managers? The managers. And they tell him, okay, well, here's half of your pay up front. You get mm-hmm. the other half when he finishes the rest of the shows. And he's all like, oh, it, he also He also gives them the books telling where Dr. Shirley could sleep, where Dr. Shirley could eat, and such and such. Hence the name, The Green Book. Yeah. It was a Negro booklet where they had access to, you know, on the road. It yeah. wasn't like they could go to a Walmart. They said, "No, you don't go to the Walmart." There's a there's a there's a shop two miles from this Walmart where that you could. you'll be allowed to go. Yeah, and exactly like hotels, you'll be allowed to stay. It doesn't say, however, in the Green Book how shitty the hotels are and how some of the places are really hole in the wall places. It's really quite sad. They don't say that. You read the book. Um, there's a couple issues Tony had with that too. Like he was all like, "Hey, this place looks like my ass," and I was all like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said it right, dude. Like, that's messed up. Right before they hit the road, uh, Tony, you know, him and his wife, they say their goodbyes. She says, make sure you write every time. And uh, to me, it was, it was pretty romantic. And uh, But it wasn't mushy because it, it would have been too much for me. I'm not a romantic guy. Well, it was, you, But that's what I thought was made it even sweeter because... You got you to gotta remember, too, like, this was a time where salesmen men left their wives on the road to go make money for their families and you a wife you just have to be tough and suck it up because if you soaked it up and got sad you're gonna be sad but she was a tough wife and a good one my dad she even made lunch for him and dr shirley so i thought that was pretty nice good old dolores Mm-hmm. what a name too that's a strong name i love that um so i consider her to be a great wife because that's got to be tough i mean Eight weeks without your husband. I can't even go five hours without mine. So. (laughs) Neither um, can I. You liar. No, my husband. (laughs) No, shut up. All right. So, you know, things seem pretty. They're going to go on a, you know. So they're on the road. Yeah, they hit the road. Gone. Everybody said their goodbyes. All the instruments are packed up. The band's ready to go. Uh, they're good to go. They got a nice, nice fucking car. Clean, tough. And now comes the part where, you know, you got to hope the road trip isn't so quiet and you got to see what you got yourself into, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've been on a road trip, you know pretty much if you could stand the person or not. So in the beginning, it kind of shows Dr. Shirley being a little stuck up. Well, I think stuck up. Hang on. It's like when you say, when somebody's like, hey, uh, I need a place to stay for a few weeks or something. You're like... Yeah, it's your best friend. You guys never slept over or whatever. Sure, come on over. That sounds great. The first night they come over, you know, they start doing something that you don't like. And you're like, oh, fuck, I, this I know, was a I'm, bad idea. Honestly, I can't say that because I have friends that I've lived with and I can tolerate them because I enjoy their But company. I'm saying for like the first time. But we're, if oh, it was a complete stranger, like this is no, a complete No, not even stranger. that. I'm just saying older and wiser. But yeah, yeah, that's true though, a complete stranger. But you know what I'm talking about. We are just kind of like, uh, don't do this that. This isn't that's somebody my... I went to school with or I'm friends with. You know? Yeah, so uh, and Tony's eating throughout the whole movie, constantly eating, like just eating. He's almost a slob in a way. He, he's no a disrespect. Little, I would say manly because I've seen so many. But he's, he's kind of a sloppy eater. It's like it's, okay, it's getting everywhere. Fair. It's falling it's on a, his shirt. Yeah, I could see that. But like he, I said, he's I smoking. Mean, I, well, I don't know if I said this. I used to be a driver. I would eat on the road sometimes. We did. You did say it. We talked about it, but I didn't have the mic exactly. set up. Exactly. Right. So, so we're I'm saying gonna it all say it over again. again. Um, when you're driving. And you, wherever you're driving, and you got to eat on the go, it's never pretty. There's no, there's no nice way of putting it. I remember I had pizza on the road one time, and I ate a whole slice. I did it. Was it sloppy? Yes. I had napkins. Yes. So yeah, when Tony's driving, I kind of see it like, yeah, I, I have been there, done that. But um, I just noticed tensions were high a little bit. Doctor Shirley was. Well, they're, an eye they're on two him. entirely different people. You got this guy. With a rustic you know, type uh, he's a smoker. He's kind of a sloppy eater. He's very, you know, he's, you know, whatever. And then you got a uh, Doctor Shirley. He's very, he's uptight, proper. Uh, could you put the cigarette out, please? You yeah. know, it's 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 hurting my lungs. 
And at first, I could tell Tony was all like, "Ugh, this guy is gonna be a pain in but the ass." But for the but for the most part, uh, it's not too bad. It's uh, they kind of get along. Well, yeah, but there's some things along the way, like um, he ate his sandwich. His wife did pack him a sandwich, and he was all like, "Okay, you cut me off, put my eyes on the road." You know, Doctor do- Shirley. I guess because Doctor Shirley always asks nicely. Like, would you put out the cigarette, please? And say, yeah, you got it, Doc. Yeah. You know but, what I mean? Like, but if you ask a female and they watch this film, you could see that there's a tone in his voice. And it's kind of an anal tone where it can be a little aggravating. So when Tony turns around and eats his sandwich, I got to say, I would have ate a sandwich, too. Like, you don't deserve my wife's sandwich. You're going to be rude with me? I'm trying to have a conversation with you. You interrupt me. Eyes on the road. He thinks about it, though. Yeah, he does think about it. But... Tony also corrects him, like when he says, every time I'm saying something right, you tell me to put the my eyes mm-hmm. on the road. And it's true. It was kind of like, it was like a mom Tremendous. in the back of the know. seat. You so know what funny. I'm saying? But it was nice, too, because through time, these men have formed this bond and friendship. They're on this quest together. And, you know, Dr. Shirley notices him writing to his wife and the things he's trying to write, you know, he says, I'm going to help you write a letter to your, a nice letter to your wife. And you know what? The cool part about it is Tony wasn't an ass. He wasn't a mean guy. He was just like, okay, wait, hold on. Let me start over. You know, because, he was open. open yeah. To he it. was all like, okay, maybe you can make me help. You know, he was a good guy. That, that was later a on, shot. a little yeah. bit later on in the film when there's a little more, when they're kind of sleeping together in the same motel Real. rooms. Yeah. But that happens later. They they go to a KFC in Kentucky, you know. Tony's super excited about that. He grabs a think a chicken. What well, I mean, okay, so he's an eater and all that. But I was just thinking, like, was that guy really that sloppy? Because like, you get the oh my god, let the sloppy thing go. I just want to know because it was too much. I honestly, when you're talking about this, I see me and you. Yeah, I'm in the back. You're in the I'm front. in the front driving, and I could hear you smoking. Nagging. <laughs> I don't care, but I'm in the front eating the chicken, and I'm all like, you know what? Lighten up. Have a piece don't, of stop. have a piece of chicken. And I know you. You'd be like, well, is there any napkins? I mean, you wouldn't think. <laughs> I mean, it's just like you could see that Doctor Shirley was opening up with him because mm-hmm. he took the chicken, he ate it, and then they had a joke some joke amongst themselves about throwing the bones out the window. It was cute. <laughs> I just thought it was adorable. Um, to see these two men okay, form so this friendship. They're tolerable. They're very different, but you know what? They get along overall. They, you know, there's a scene when he, uh, Tony says he found a rock. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know, he stole the rock. And, you know, there's there's little things like that where they disagree. But uh, for some reason, he didn't break Dr. Shirley's head. He kind of just let him argue about it. He was upset though because the the, trio, the bandmate the bandmate is the one who ratted him out and he did rat him out. I'm sorry, I know it's stealing. The darn rock was on the floor though, and like I say, when I see Tony, if I seen a rock on the floor like that that was away from it, I'd be like, it's a rock on the floor, and I'd say, okay, fine. But I know you. You'd look at me and say, take it back. I don't think it was a rock. It looked more like a stone. It was a turquoise stone. Is there a difference? Yes. What's the difference with the rock a and a stone? A turquoise stone. A rock a is rougher yeah. and a stone is smooth. Yeah, that's yeah. that's right. Yeah. A rock is a rock. Yeah. And a stone is like smooth, round. Yeah, it's also a piece of jewelry. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the first gig, Tony sees that Dr. Shirley's a genius. Mm-hmm. He's a musical genius. He's very talented. Well, everybody sees that in the film. He's not some joke. He's uptight. He's calling this, calling that. But damn, he's good. He could play that piano like a motherfucker. I would say that he's a perfectionist. Excuse my language. He's a perfectionist. And as time went on, Tony looks at him and he sees him. And each performance is just the look on Tony's face is like, this guy's a fucking genius. He is. He's just like, it's remarkable the way he played. Just beautiful, classical music. I just, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to skip a few, I mean, scenes here. We're going to talk about all the whole movie, but, you know, it'll take us forever. And, oh, you know, yeah. if you watch the film, you already know these scenes, but th- these are just certain scenes that we wanted to talk about that we enjoyed or whatever. You know, Tony bails out Dr. Shirley from time to time, right? Yeah, he does. He helps him out in some bar fights. 
uh, where Dr. Shirley, you know, he wanted to have a drink. He gets beat up. Tony saves the day, which they probably would have killed him. Had he not so he always up. has his back, but this one time that he uh, bails him out, I, it was weird that it's at a YMCA. But this is a scene where we find out that Dr. Shirley's a gay guy. He's a gay yeah. man. And by the way, the the way the discrimination is against gays and how people freaked out at the time of a man being with another man. You know, same thing if it was a woman with another woman, but just the way they had him, and this was just so sad. I mean... They didn't even allow these two men to get dressed. And even Tony says, at least give the guy a, a towel, for Christ's sakes. You know, give him a towel. Yeah, they, they got the cops in there. Uh, the two guys, including Dr. Shirley, they're beat up. They beat the crap out of them. And they're locked up, and they're butt naked. Actually, the white gentleman didn't look like he had a scratch on him. It was Don Shirley that mm. looked like he had mm-hmm, the black eye and mm-hmm. a busted lip. Which even was more upsetting because it's because the man's white. Uh, he didn't get hit. But because Dr. Shirley was with the white man and he was gay, he they hit him. And I thought that was very wrong. But it did show the other man naked next to him. And it was very a very sad and dramatic scene. And the way Tony Lip handles it is very well. Like, you would think, oh, he's paying off these cops. No. He's saving that man. Because in jail, they would have done a lot worse to him. Especially because... It, it's a racist time. Thank, you know what? I mean, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, okay, so this is a true story. And I thought, Tony got a gay black guy in the South out of jail. Mm-hmm. He's good. Yeah. He's really good. He paid them off. And he even said, you paid them off. And he was all like, I just saved your ass. And, you know, you took it. Oh, you saved me to Dr. Shirley's mad and hurt. And I think it's not that he's mad and hurt. At Tony, I think he's mad and hurt because he's afraid of what Tony might think of him. Uh, he didn't tell him he was gay. He had this situation blow up in his face. And then he was even more so mad because these cops were acting like that with him. It was a very difficult mixed feelings time. But when you think about it, Tony just looked at him like, where's the thanks I get? You know what I'm saying? Like, because you have no idea what would have happened, but it leaves you hanging with the thought. And, you know... Back then, nobody cared if they beat you up and they did all those things. So in a way, Tony did a good job. Yeah, he paid off those fuckers, but you know what? I'm telling you what, Don, Don Shirley lived. So, and I think Dr. Shirley remember, thought of that later on because there's this scene where to the next hotel they go and Tony runs into these two gentlemen from... from Hang on, let me set it up. It's that time. It's one of our segments <laughs> that we do. This is called Lisa's Tearjerker. What is Lisa's Tearjerker? And we're going to do this with every film that we're doing on the podcast. It's a... Every movie's got them. It's a scene that Lisa's going to talk about. It just hits your... It's, that it made it her hits cry. you at home. That makes her cry. You know, I mean, you see this point where Dr. Shirley goes to the hotel and they're walking him in. And, um... He sees these two gentlemen from from home, from New York. And they say, yeah, they sent us here. New York sent us here to do some business. And obviously, these are some wise guys. But they're good friends of Tony's, and they speak Italian. And they're talking Italian to Tony, saying, what are you doing here with this guy? Come here, I'll get you some real work. No, 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 forget this guy. And they're talking, he says, hey, I'm working here. Like, I'll talk to you later. I'll meet you later. You know, he, he was just explaining. So then he tells the bellhop to get the stuff. They go inside. Uh, they get situated. It's a nice hotel. This is one of the hotels where they can stay at the same hotel together. And it was as if Dr. Shirley was waiting for Tony to come out of that hotel room. And he knew, and he started speaking Italian to Tony, like, I know what you're doing. I, I want to offer you a higher position. I want you to be my road manager. I'll pay you more. It's bigger salary with more responsibility. And my heart fell because I already know what he was doing. He realized what Tony did he realized he doesn't want to lose him he got scared he got scared and it's an ugly feeling not only that because he's gay and he doesn't know what he's thinking you know what I mean it's a different time people didn't come out you know you would get your you would get your ass kicked if he, he, he also he also apologized he's like I, I'm sorry about what happened yeah. last night at the thing and he doesn't judge him and at that point that was my tearjerker moment when he had to apologize for who he was and the thing that made me want to cry was, is when I seen Tony 
which the guy who was playing Tony Vigo just turned around and tell him in the nicest way possible. Oh, forget about it. No, I'm going down there to tell them. And he even told him, he, this is how straight up a guy he was. He was all like, no, I don't want the more responsibility. We agreed upon 125 a week plus expenses. And that's that, Doc, you know? And then he was all like, so I'm going downstairs to tell him that I'm staying here. I'm not leaving. This is my job that I signed up for. And then that's when Dr. Sugarly apologized. And he says, no, I worked in a New York clubs. I've seen a lot of things. You don't got up. I know it's a hard life. And um, you've seen this look. I'm, I'm trying not to choke up right now. Um, you've seen this look on Don Charlie's face. And you just think like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Don Shirley, Dr. Shirley. Dr. Shirley. <laughs> well, it, his name is Donald Shirley, by the way. All right. Um, Touche. You see this look of relief. And you could see him get a little choked up himself, like, okay. And then it clips to the scene where him and Tony are actually getting to know each other. Even better. And he tells him, how did he learn the music? And his mom taught him. And it was just this beautiful moment where these two gentlemen realized that there's this bond. There's this friendship. This loyalty that he has. That Tony has a lot of loyalty and integrity in him. That he's a good man. And you know what? I think... Dr. Shirley in that moment seen it, that he didn't judge. Okay, very good. Lisa's tearjerker. There you go. <clears throat> Every movie's got one. Most movies got them. <laughs> well, we're about halfway through, at least on this podcast. Uh, you know, like I said, we just brushed through it in our favorite scenes. I think it's time for a little break, do a little intermission, uh, enjoy the rest of this podcast. Hope you're enjoying it as of now. But time for a little break Sure, I hope everybody enjoyed that nice little break. It's brought to you by nobody because we have no sponsors. But I know we enjoyed that break. I had a beer. Lisa had her cigarettes. We did our stretches. Now we're back at it. We left off at getting him out of jail. Your tearjerker moment. My tearjerker moment. You know, he didn't judge him. He, he, he The cat was out of the bag. Or the cock was out of the bag, I should say. Zing. No, no. We found out that he, he's no, gay. <laughs> He's gay, yeah. and uh, Tony didn't judge him at all, like whatsoever. It was a beautiful moment. Um, very heartfelt. He was like thinking, wow, this guy's the real deal. He just doesn't judge me. He First of all, he's getting judged because he's black. Two, he's gay, to boot. There's a scene where, you know, you don't realize how alone he is when, uh, you know, first of all, he's a genius, right? That's right. fair to say. And, uh, you know, he has a breakdown moment when he's crying. If I'm not good enough for black people, if I'm not good enough for white people, what am I going to do? You know, where does that leave me? Like, that's just frustrating. When he's at the motel, you know, he doesn't know how to play basketball. They're going to play some game. He doesn't know that stuff. He's right there sipping his whiskey, scotch whiskey. What was it? What's that whiskey called? Getty Shark? You ever had that before? No, I've never it's had It's scotch that. whiskey, man. Nasty. Really? Yes. I mean, I'll drink it if it's there. Don't get me wrong. I'll take a few shots. <laughs> but uh, overall, it's it's some nasty stuff. But that seems to be his poison of choice. And these black guys ask him, "Hey, brother, come on, come come on up up in here, and uh, you know, we need to play." And he's like, "Oh, I, I don't I don't think so." And they're like, "Well, you don't got to be a dick about it now." Well, he doesn't say that, but you know, it just shows that he's alone because he doesn't. Those are black guys, you know, black brothers. Yeah, but. They were rude, like, oh, you don't want to get your hands dirty. And right. I thought that was rude because it's like, hey, he doesn't want to play. It's not his cup of tea. Yeah, I know, I know. But it just shows you that he doesn't fit in anywhere. 
Yeah, and it shows you how mean and cruel people can be. It's like, God, you know, guy can't catch a break. So, yeah, that bothered me in that scene, but... Let's fast forward to, to towards the end of the tour. He plays oh, uh, right. he plays this one gig. We're right off the... They save the best for the last on this movie. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean in a bad way. It's a nice place. Southern people, of course. Uh, his his uh, his costume room is pretty much a, a util, utility 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 closet. closet. Say that five times. I, I don't want to try it. <laughs> utility closet, utility closet, utility closet, utility closet, utility. Yeah, I can't see. Damn, it. you almost had it. You almost I made almost it. Almost had it. Well, you know, I also practice that. Okay, one hundred one. Cares one one. Cares one one. Cares one. This ain't cares one one. This is a chubby Obi podcast. I know, but I'm saying they have a contest to see how many times. So like that, he's like, oh, here's your dressing room. Uh, let us know if you need anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see, like, the mop bucket and, you know, things like Ajax. It was very rude. Um, and he's used to that, it. He's like, oh, like, crap. He just took the good with the bad, and he was just... I mean, there was no good here. This was mm-hmm. just, like, so freaking rude. Insulting. Yes. Like, really? I can't even get a nice room? There's a bunch of rooms upstairs. Give me one room. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead finish what you were saying no that's about it it's it start it's a bad start they save the best for last what about your what the fuck moment uh, i was getting to that well it's i have you see i'm not gonna let lisa have all the fun she has her segment i got my segment it's called the wtf moment the what the f- moment you know when you're watching the movie it, it doesn't have to be like an obvious point but i was just kind of like come on now what's mm-hmm. going on and in this scene that's what happens so he comes out and says, like, oh, where could I sit at? And his band, meanwhile, they're white guys. They're having dinner, eating the filet mignon, eating their cigarettes, eating champagne, right? Mm-hmm. And join the good life. And, uh, they, uh, you know, the, I guess the hostess tells him, oh, you can't eat here, but uh, there's a nice place down the road that will serve you. No problem. That's not cool, right? Yeah. What, what Tony says, come on now. Let's, he, Tony backs him up. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the band. And I'm thinking, that's your bread and butter right there, and you guys can't back him up. One, either say, hey, let uh, let him eat or we're not playing. Mm-hmm. Or two, saying, you know what, uh, go eat with Dr. Shirley at least. Understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, But they didn't do that. They stood there and watched, smoking their cigarettes. That's a WTF moment for me, man. F those guys. That's what I got to say about yeah, that. Yeah, you'd expect it. They let, they let him come walking in here, get insulted while they sat at that table. They're a band. Actually, you know, they're not a band, they're a trio. So mm-hmm. they're like, they're not really a band. They're kind of like, they play in other groups. Either way, come on now. That's their bread and butter. They wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Dr. Shirley. Very true. No respect. So, uh, mm. you know what? He says, fine. He doesn't play, right? They go down to uh, the Orange Bird. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was called? Yeah, it's called the Orange Bird. Which, by the way, I kind of, I know this is Looks fat tasty. of me. It was fat of me to say this, but it was barbecue and there was an orange dressing on it. And I thought, I wonder what was on that chicken because it looked good. Shit. Um. But um, it, now that you bring up the orange bird, I'm going to say this. Dr. Shirley goes in there and, well, before they go to the orange bird, he's happy because Tony leaves with him. He gives mm-hmm. them, he gives Tony the option to, what do you think I should do? Whatever you want me to do, I'll tell you, you I'll do it. And Tony, and, like, he's all like, fuck this place, you know, let's get out, I guess we're leaving. <laughs> and, like, it was, I think there was a moment with Dr. Shirley where he thought, yeah, this guy's got my back. They left together, and they're driving down the road, and he asks Tony, are you hungry, Tony? Which is a trick question, because Tony's always hungry. So they end up going to the Orange Bird, which turns out to be, like, this little joint that plays live music and you know everybody's having a good time it's a hot spot it is and dr shirley For the black you gotta community. remember that he's a an established gentleman he always has money on him he's well taken care of nice suits very neat a respectable man he's he sticks out like a sore thumb in he there. sure does i mean here's this well-dressed beautiful beautiful man he's a very handsome good not to mention man. tony lip is like the only white guy in there no th- there was a white guy in the band i didn't see uh, I didn't see him. Yeah, he was off to the was side. He the sa- no, he wasn't the sax player. No, but um, so this happens, and he's all like, we're going to take two drinks and two of your house specials, and he pulls out his this wad of cash, you know, from his wallet. And you know what? 
Whenever you're in a bar, people. That's a big no-no I don't care. for anybody. For anybody, even now in our time, you gotta be careful. That's people just common look sense, right? And they see, but you gotta remember. Like I said, this is an established gentleman. This man wouldn't go to just any place. He he's, he's probably never been know, robbed in his life. Probably not. That not I have. Because he probably played in a lot of places where he was welcome. And again, this was his choice to be on this tour. Um. So didn't know any better. Didn't. I'm sure he knew this how the South was going to be because he did hire Tony for a reason. But I don't think he knew what would have happened when people seen his wallet. Long story short, he hits it off. He plays the piano there and plays along with some of the guys. And they oh, have a good what time. What I wanted to say about that is like when you're really good at an instrument, it doesn't matter who you are. You're a badass. Yeah. If you're good at the guitar, the drums, and you start rocking out, you're automatically cool. Which is what he did. He jumped up on that piano. And uh, I'm sure they're waiting for him to not know what he was doing, but nope, didn't miss a beat. He caught everybody. Gained their respect. Like and that. then, you know, the bandmates played with him, and he that played along awesome with That was an awesome scene. Him. I wanted a party there. Yeah, it looked like a good time. And then they're, they're heading out. You know, they've had their day, and Dr. Shirley, he says something about, like, I would do that every night for free. I had such a good time. And they're heading to the car, and what does Tony see? Tony Lip sees two men hiding underneath on the back side of the car and they were going to rob him they were going to rob him because he's seen all his money and tony being the man that he is he knew exactly what to do he pulled out the gun shot it twice in the air and they took off running and he tells you know never ever show money how much money you have at a bar you don't show a wad of cash at the bar ever in the film that was the last show of the gig so it's time to head home it's time to hit that long trail Very, very cold drive home mind you and, you know, to add matters worse here, they end up running into another cop, a cop that pulls them over. And He was an angel. He was an angel. He helped him out, noticed a flat tire. In the other scene, we, we forgot to mention. Now, you know what I wanted to say about that? Was that I think that was just a part of the film saying that they were getting close to home. Yeah. They are out of the south. Yeah, because there was another time before the last, um, in fact, before the last show, they ran into some trouble with another police officer. In fact, wait a minute. Does it even snow in the south? No, right? I think so. I don't. I don't know about that. I don't know. There's seasons. They're, I think they're getting closer to home because you know that that cop wasn't so. You you, you know. Yeah, they had another run-in with the cops where. This he didn't. Is when he didn't. He didn't even acknowledge that he was black. He just was like, "You guys got to get out of here." Or he had a flat tire. Yeah. Remember, like it was. And he a, actually helped them. Yeah, so it was so cool. He was a nice guy. He was a nice guy because the other run-in they had was very, very, very racist. Um, it was just horrible. And Dr. Don Shirley, you know, he has connections. He did know the president at the time, and thank God that JFK had him released from jail. But that was another moment where you can see how racism, racism in the South was a really serious thing, and it was very scary because had he not made that phone call, they, they would probably ended up in jail like for a while that was one long trip home but they make it it was and uh they part ways they do and they, these two men went through this horrible ordeal with all this racism and all this i don't think it was entirely horrible yeah but it was a strain like when you think about the things they endured true, was, true story sad. by the way he really did call the president yeah he did call jfk so there you go uh, tony had his ways and dr shirley also had his ways had his of getting out of a sticky yeah, situation. Sure did. And at the end, Dr. Shirley, because he wanted Tony to get home on time, he drove the rest of the road home because Tony was going to pull over. He couldn't keep his eyes open, and he they, ended up driving the rest of the way. He, he invites them to uh, their dinner, nice dinner with the family. For some reason, Shirley declines, respectfully. Yeah, but he does it in a nice way. And parts ways. Him, Merry Christmas. And you think that's where the film ends, but there's this scene, and it's another tearjerker moment. But um, oh wait, cue, cue, goes, cue the music. When he goes into his house, his wife hears his voice from the kitchen, and she gets immediately happy. And the family is—they're so family-oriented, you know. His family—they all rush to tell him hi, and the wife's just kind of like going through the crowd. To hug him because her her husband made it home for Christmas, so it was just one of those beautiful scenes where she hugs him and she wraps her arms around him. Again, Daddy's it's not home. a it's not a mushy scene, but when 
when you have a husband, they've been gone a while, you wrap your arms around them and you miss them. So it was just beautiful. But at the dinner table, you could see this look in Tony's eyes. Like you could see how, God, did we just go through all that? You know? And it kind of... He came back a different man. Yeah, he a did. A changed man. He came back a changed man. And he was really thinking about things. And he probably that, missed Dr. Shirley. And he did. And I think he was wondering about him because out of all the ordeals that he tells them, like, I go back to my house alone, you know? There's arguments that they would get into. And you could see Dr. Shirley's point of view. Like, hey, you got a family. You know, you got someone to go home to. I don't. And I, I got to prove myself harder more than you because if i'm not white enough and if i'm not black enough who the hell am i and what do you know dr shirley shows up with the bottle oh yeah with a bottle of champagne and when tony opens the door and sees him it's this like i don't know this look of relief like i needed you to be here it, it, yeah it was came. right it, like it was a bad way to end off something like that. Yeah. And he was just relieved that he showed up. And the way he hugs him, like, welcome. Like, he realizes, like, this man is my friend. Like, I I have a friendship with this man. Okay. Like, so it was just wonderful. He hugs him. He hugs his wife. His wife obviously knew that he was helping him with the letters. It was just this moment where they said welcome. And that's pretty much the whole movie in a chubby nutshell. Mm -hmm. the, the film ends off with some lovely real-life photos of, you know, the real Tony Vallelonga and the real Dr. Shirley and the, the wives and such and such. And, uh, you know, they're nice pictures. They both died months within one another. They passed away. Uh, you know, uh, listening on to the podcast, I, I, a little side thing. That uh, Doctor Shirley asked Nick, Tony's son, to not he he had he told him he already had plans. He interviewed him about the story about what happened on the trip, and he asked Nick, "Don't make a movie or a book or whatever until I pass away. Don't start nothing." And uh, Nick uh, respected that, and he said that he had, when he re when he wrote the film that he got offered big bucks to make the film. They're saying like, "Let's do it. Let's make it." But he said, no, I can't. I can't do it. He said he got offered huge amounts of money to buy the film, to sell it. It will make it. But uh, Dr. Shirley was still alive. And he says, no, he's told me not to make the film until after he passes away. And he was asked, why? Why, why do you think Dr. Shirley wanted that? And his answer was, I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, you know, uh, for the record, uh, Dr. Shirley never really openly came out as a gay man. But well, come on now. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, who knows why? But there you go. Yeah. That is the end of that. We don't have another movie at hand on our next time's podcast. I don't know if this is going to be a weekly podcast. It takes a little time for this, but there definitely will be one out soon. Yeah, so check us out. And most of all, after you heard our podcast... I hope it really does encourage you to watch the movies that we are talking about. Because in this day and age, as much as I would like to say I do like a lot of the things, the computer graphics, the green, what is it, the green screen. There are good movies and then there are some movies that just don't have no morals. And that you, you, you don't appreciate them as much as a good movie, a thinker. And this one yeah. was a definite movie you need we're all, to see. We're, all, we're also opened. I, I mean, I don't know. What movie were you thinking about next? Anything, right? Um, I want to go back go back a little bit. I don't know if I want to do mm -hmm. a new movie. I think I'm going to do another one. I, I really want to encourage a lot of younger people to get into some of these old movies because there's morals and there's appreciation. And they're really good movies. Like, I don't know if anybody heard or have seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I just recently watched it for Father's Day with my dad. We were movie people, me and my pop. So I had a good time. We stood up late watching movies together, did our thing, hung out, do the whole snack thing. It was a wonderful time. So Any I, I want to do one of those. Yeah, big shout out to all the fathers this weekend. Happy, f happy late Father's Day. I hope you had a good day with your children. Shout out to Nick Vellalonga. He doesn't know me. He might never even hear this, but great film, man. It was very refreshing to see. 
Yeah, and what an honor to have a dad like that. I mean, what an honor. Yeah, good good people, man. Uh, if you like this podcast, subscribe. Let us know what you think. And also, we're open to if you have a film that you want to us to talk about or you know we could do leave a comment and i really thought this was a good film too just for this weekend because what a gift to give your dad is to really do a movie after him right right i think uh, as of now you know we got we got the podcast on everything spotify itunes soundcloud uh anchor is a good one let's see they're all good ones and uh uh, we have we have one social thing, social media thing. Podbean. <laughs> Podbean. I we forgot about that Podbean. one. But uh, <laughs> we got Instagram. That's one word, the Chubby Hubby Podcast. Give us a follow. And, uh, you know, again, if you got some movies, let us know. Yeah, let us know your favorites. Other than that, I mean, like, oh, oh we're out of here? We're done? No. You're good? I'm, no, I'm not good. You want to talk more? I'm, I'm down. I've, I mean, I mean, we got 10 minutes. Well, I just want to say that, like, for our regular listeners, special shout-out to them. Uh, thank you guys for holding in with us, especially through our other podcast. Um, I would really like to hear some opinions on what movies you think are good. And I'm not talking about the new ones. If you have new ones that you like, like, for instance, The Green Book was probably the best of 2018. And even for me now in 2019, I'm watching it. I've watched it yeah, over seven you know, times. We're not critics. If the movie sucks or not, we're just going to watch it and uh, we have fun. It's thing, something um, to do together. I really, really think it's a good movie. I do. And, I enjoyed um, it. Likes, dislikes, nothing. If you know some movies from another time, like older movies, like I just mentioned, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I would like to have some feedback. I would like to dissect your movie. So you pick a movie for us, you know, give give us what you think is good so we can talk about it and give our point of view and maybe get some little feedback going on here. Right. Why mm. not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brain fart. And what about you? What, what do you think is a good movie? Like the next mm. movie we should uh, put in our podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I kind of want to watch one I haven't seen. You know, that's always good. Or uh, I, I, I like American Hustle. That's a good movie. Kind of funny, but, you know, sometimes you gotta take a chance with a film. We took a chance with that movie, Us. That, yeah, that movie I, you know just sucked. I'm, I'm sorry. I but hey, say it didn't. we're not here to hate on nobody. But it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that let's get out of here, right? Yeah, that's it. I got got nothing else. Let's wrap this up. Thanks for uh, listening. Hope you enjoyed. See you until next time. Until next time. I'm Ray. That's Lisa. This is the Chubby Hubby Podcast.